Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke chapter 4. Uh, and uh, I hope you're enjoying the Grinded Podcast, and I hope that you are uh, sharing it with your friends and your family, your co-workers, and, and just thank you for doing so, and I just pray that God uh, will bless you richly uh, for doing so, and thank you again for uh, watching on YouTube, and thank you uh, for being a listener of the Grinded Podcast. Um, we talked about Jesus being on the having the mountaintop experience when he was baptized by John the Baptizer, here at the beginning of Luke chapter four, and and or at the end of uh, Luke chapter three, and here in, in in Luke four, it was the temptation of Jesus because he was led to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted for forty days by Satan, which means opposition. And and we talked about how Jesus defeated the opposition, how he defeated Satan, and that was by using the Word of God. And we broke down Ephesians chapter six, where Paul talks about how uh, the enemy comes against us, but we are to stand strong in the armor of God, but but standing strong in the power and the strength of God's might. And and so, you know, mountaintops come, uh, I'm sorry, the temptations come, the storms come, but storms go, they come to pass. You know, mount, you have mountaintop experiences, but you also have valley experiences, but you don't stay in the valley, you don't stay on the mountaintops either. Um, but you know you have all these different experiences, but they come and they go. And so the goal is uh, to be full of the Spirit, to be full of God's Word. So when the the valleys do come, and when the storms do come, and when that opposition comes against us, then we can use the Word of God just like Jesus did. It is written. It is written. It is written to defeat the enemy. And so after Jesus defeats the enemy, after he defeated Satan by using the word of God, he returns to Galilee and he is full of the Holy Spirit. And so he, he, he goes to the, the local synagogues and he's teaching the people. Uh, he's the talk of the town and his fame was spreading like wildfire, which, you know, which is naturally going to happen because these people are just in awe of this guy and his authority that he's teaching with. And and so he goes to his hometown of Nazareth, and he takes a scroll uh, one day in the synagogue, and he begins to read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, and the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free. And at the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know, it, it, it's, in my opinion, it is no mistake that he was given the scroll with the book of Isaiah written in it. Uh, this passage that, that he read is found in Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. I mean, you can literally get your Bible in the Old Testament and turn to Isaiah 61 and read 1 and 2, and that is what Jesus read there in the synagogue. And what a passage of Scripture. Uh, and even those people that, that were there to see it and hear it, you know, they really had no idea what was about to take place in the coming days in the next three years, three, three and a half years, really. But check this out. 
So Jesus reads the scroll, right? He, he reads this part, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, and he rolls up the scroll when he gets done reading that, and he hands it back to the person, and, and, and he, he goes and he sits down and he says, hey, this scripture you just heard, it's been fulfilled this very day. Now, Luke 4, 22 says this, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. And then they start asking this question, how can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Okay, in the South, we have a saying, bless your heart, or bless his heart, or bless her heart. See, what, what, we, what we think is, here in the South, is we can talk about somebody in a nice way or whatever, as long as we say, bless his heart, or bless her heart, or bless your heart. This is the Bible's version of bless his heart here in Luke 22. Everyone spoke well of Jesus and they were amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. But they asked this question, how can this be? Isn't this Joseph's son? In other words, this guy really thinks he's something. Bless his heart. He, he's, you, you think about this, he's in his hometown, right? He's been going to church with these people, if you will, for 30 years. He's been going to the synagogue and worshiping God with Mary and Joseph and their, his brothers and his sisters for 30 years. They know him. They know him well. They know his parents. They know his brothers. They know his sisters. So these people are like, bless his heart. He's such a good boy. And he speaks graciously, doesn't he? But, but ain't he Joseph's boy? I mean, what's so special about about this guy and think about this here here's jesus he's god in the flesh he is walking in the will of god he's full of the holy spirit right he just fulfilled a prophecy he read it to them and they don't get it they don't understand it you see here's what i want to i want to bring out you can have a word of god or you can have a word from god on your heart you can be on fire for god ready to serve him with all everything you have you're just so full of vigor and you're ready to go when you want to go out there and conquer the world for jesus right you, you everything that you have in your being you want to give it to god you want to go do this and and so you go to the people and you share your vision and 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 the people just say oh mm, no that's that's nice that that would be a good thing to do right and they don't really they don't share your same vision they don't share your same feelings they they really don't think anything of it. And you're like, what is going on? How can they not see the passion? How can they not feel, you know, the energy? How can they just not, ooh, you know, how, how can they not share my umph? How can they just not get on board with this and just rah, 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 we're going to, we're going to get them in the name of Jesus, you know? You know, they, they just don't, how can, they don't see your zeal or they don't feel your zeal is what I should say. And, 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 and they, 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 they can't see, they can't feel your passion. They might see you excited, but they can't really see your vision. They can't really see your passion. And, and don't get discouraged when that happens because it happened to Jesus. Here is God in the flesh reading a prophecy from Isaiah. And he says, this has been fulfilled today. You are seeing it happen. And the people are like, <laughs> Isn't this Joseph's boy? God in the flesh, and they don't get it. So, 
Don't be discouraged if people don't share your zeal, your passion, your vision. But what you, what you have to do is press forward anyway. If God is giving you a vision and He says something in your heart, a blaze in your heart, go for it. Absolutely do that thing. If it lines up with the Word of God and you know God has put it in your heart and the people just don't seem to want to go with it, go with it anyway. Go with God. You don't go with people. You go with. I mean, what if Jesus would have said, "Oh man, these people don't believe in me. I'm just going to give up right now. I'm not going to the cross. This is going to be too difficult." You know, it. It just. He didn't do that. He he went to the cross anyway, because he knew it was God's will. It did not. Th- these people's doubt did not stop Jesus. It did not. Dis- it did not discourage Jesus in any way. And I'll give you an example of myself uh one time i was preaching at a church and uh, i was in a small town and uh they were building a skate park literally a block from the building and i I saw this great opportunity uh to because i was a skateboarder right i was a sponsored skateboarder when i was a teenager and i even still skate some today not as much as i used to but i still do skate but back then, I was in my 30s, and I skated quite a bit, especially when they got the, I went and helped build the skate park, and, and I started a little ministry out of it. I would give away, uh, if somebody didn't have a board or they couldn't afford one, I gave them one. If they broke one, I gave them uh, a, a, what they call a deck and grip tape so they could still skate. They'd have a, a brand new board. And from that, we... Uh, uh, we started feeding the kids, and they'd, we built a few uh, ramps and, and, and rail things in, in the church parking lot, and, and we watched videos, and we would have devotionals, and we would feed them. And it started out once a month, but it grew so big, uh, we started having it every week. And it just kept growing and kept growing. So I just had this idea. I said, we're going to start a teen center. And there was a building just not too far from our, our church that was big enough i think it was 3500 square feet and and it it was big enough to do everything that that i had envisioned it was i I wanted to put a half pipe in there i wanted to put a street course in there pool tables air hockey tables you know a teen center so the teens could come and hang out you know and, and be in a safe environment instead of being out there on the streets or you know doing this or that and getting in trouble and and so i went to our church uh, the men of our church, by the way, we didn't have elders at the time, but I uh, went to the men of the church and I shared my vision with, and they're like, uh, you can't do that. That's not going to work. And I was just crushed. I was like, you, you guys just don't get it, man. There's a huge opportunity right here. And look what, you know, what, look what we're already doing. And, uh, and so, uh, I went to some other people outside of the church in the community and, and got their input and they're like oh this would be a, an awesome thing to do and uh, some other churches got got involved and started helping me and next thing you know i've raised uh seven thousand dollars and started renting this building and and and, and with some help of some uh, people from the community we stripped this building out built a 14 foot wide four foot tall mini ramp in one room built a street course in the back room and in the uh the main part we had uh, two pool tables, uh, slate tables, nice tables, air hockey table, ping pong table. We had a huge TV, surround sound, couches, 
recliners so they can watch skateboard videos. We had music piping, uh, piping through the whole thing, you know, Christian music, so they would hear the message of Jesus. Uh, we fed these people. Uh, we had a little skateboard shop in there. We had all kinds of things that they could do. And so they would come, you know, especially when it was raining, they could come there and skate. We didn't charge a dime. It 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 was just it was just all backed by the the money that we were raising. And then uh, after I left that area, a, a lady took it over. I think that thing ended up lasting for ten years. We ministered to so many kids. We baptized several of those kids, and we ministered to their families. We had kids who were on drugs. We had alcoholic parents. We I mean we just dealt with so many different types of families and, and situations that, but we ministered to so many kids and we shared Jesus and we poured Jesus into these kids lives now these kids are adults and they still keep in contact with me and many of them do and you know and they've told me uh, how much they appreciated that that time and and, and, and you know, if, if I would have just gave up because those men at church said no nah, this is not this ain't gonna work. This is no. I mean, we're talking about a church of ten to fifteen people when I first took it over, and and, and I'm like, do you want to grow or do you, you know, you know, get outside of yourselves? And but they didn't see my pack. They didn't. They didn't see. They could see it on my face. They could hear it in my voice, but they didn't share the same passion. They didn't share the same zeal. Uh, because they wasn't skateboarders, and 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 you know I I don't know why they wouldn't want to minister to people like that, but they they just didn't share the vision. But you know what? I went on with it, and 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 it was a success. Like I said, we we ministered to a lot of people, baptized uh, many of those kids, and ministered to their families. Um, so if you if you have a, a a zeal, a passion, God has placed something in your heart. Don't let people discourage you from doing it. Get out there and do it for the glory of God, and, and and God will bless you because God has given you that desire, that passion, uh, just like He did for Jesus. And here, when He stood in that synagogue and read that scripture, and the people are like, "What's He talking about? A prophecy being fulfilled in our ears today?" In this, we know His family. You know, they didn't share the zeal. They didn't share the passion. They didn't get it. You get it. So get out there and, 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 and share Jesus and share your passion and your zeal. What, whatever talent that God has blessed you with, get out there and use it for the glory of God. And we'll finish up Luke chapter 4 when we come back from break. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So when Jesus reads that scripture out of, out, of, out of Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, and he says this prophecy has been fulfilled in your very, you know, right in your faces today. And those people are like, isn't this Joseph's boy? Isn't this Mary's, you know, son? You know, what's going on here? And so, you know, they're full of disbelief and so jesus calls them out and what happens is they try to kill him in verses 28 through 30 it says when they heard this the people in the synagogue were furious furious now you know you would think they'd be excited because hey we're in our hometown this is a hometown boy and he's supposed to be the messiah no no uh -uh. they're furious and so they're jumping up luke says they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill 
on which the town was built, and they intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. And so these people are like, we ain't have none of this. And uh, they want to kill Jesus before he ever even gets to the cross, which is re absolutely ridiculous. And so Jesus ends up leaving Nazareth, and he heads to Capernaum. And while there, he visits the synagogue, and he teaches. Well, why does he go to the synagogue? Well, it's the same reason why Paul would go to the synagogue, because that's where people were worshiping God. They were already gathered together. And so, uh, you know, he, he wants to share uh, this exciting news that the kingdom of God is here and to be ready. And, and so <clears throat> he knows he has a captive audience of these Jewish people that have gathered at the synagogue to worship. And so as he's teaching one day in the synagogue there at Capernaum, uh, this man starts yelling at him. And, and what it is, it's a man who had many demons. And listen to what Jesus, uh, what they say to Jesus as he's teaching teaching the people. I mean, this, he's right in the middle of teaching. And all of a sudden this guy stands up and he says, Go away. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And so it, it, here, here's a question for you. Isn't it interesting that the demons knew who Jesus was, but the people didn't? The people who should know the Old Testament prophecies, who have been taught by religious leaders for years and years, they should have known who Jesus was, but they didn't. But the demons did. Jesus reprimanded him and he says, Be quiet, come out of the man. And he ordered for the demon to come out. And at that, at that, the demon threw the man on the floor as the crowd watched. And then it came out of him without hurting him further. Now, we don't know how long Jesus had been in Capernaum, but we do know that he had been there for a while because Sabbaths is plural. And Luke tells us that the people were amazed at Jesus' teachings because he spoke with authority. But still, they didn't get it, but the demons did, which is sad. And after they watched this, this event unfold with the demon, uh, they listened to the... Uh, they, they, here's how they respond to what they just saw when Jesus cast this demon out of this man. It says, Luke says, Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command. So the news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. And so the people spread the word about Jesus. There's, there's some things that they don't get it. They don't understand that he is the Messiah, that he's going to have to go down the cross for their sins. They just know there's something special about this guy because of what they had seen. He, he teaches with authorities with authority, and he cast out demons. And, and so it was more than a, a, a bless your heart. It was more of a, whoa, this dude's awesome. Did you, did you hear about what happened in the synagogue? This dude, Jesus, showed up, and he's been teaching us uh, on a few Sabbath days, and, and all of a sudden this guy stood up with his demon, and he's speaking in this weird voice, and he's yelling at Jesus, and Jesus cast the demon out, and and, and, and so, you know, they're like, whoa, this is so awesome. And so word begins to spread and, and, and the crowds come in to see and to hear. And, and, and I want to say this before I, I finish up Luke 4. 
you know, I used to rip churches, uh, and I still have issues with it uh, sometimes, but I used to rip churches about being in the entertainment business, you know, because we, 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 you know, we've got all these, especially the newer churches, and, and it's caused some of the old ch- churches to, to go to this format, but, you know, we got the dark stage, we got the lights, you know, we got nice band, we got professional band members, you know, it's like going to a, a rock concert, and, you know, and the preacher's dressed a certain way, and, you know, in the skinny jeans, and, and their button-up shirt, or what, however, they, they, the, the fad changes about every other uh, year, I think, but, uh, but we have absolutely gotten into the entertainment business with our churches. But if you think about it, that's the way we have been conditioned, especially with uh, with social media and with TV. We're conditioned to have a commercial about every, what, six to eight minutes. Uh, and that that's the way our brains are conditioned. And, and I've, like I said, I've always ripped churches for, for doing this, but it really makes sense. And if you think about it, even in the New Testament days when Jesus was walking the earth, people were coming to Jesus to see the entertainment. They, they just were. And, 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 and that's just something that we have to accept. If you think about it, the, the feeding of the 5,000, after Jesus fed those people and they chased Jesus around um, and because they wanted to make him a king, Jesus stopped them and he said, Look, you people are following me because you liked the food. It was the best food you've ever had, and your bellies were full. They they liked the entertainment. I mean, he fed those people with two fish and five loaves of bread. Um, people were coming to see the miracles, and they were just they could not grasp who Jesus was, but they were entertained by the miracles. And yes, some people would uh, realize, hey, I, I, my sins need to be forgiven, and they would follow Jesus simply because. They wanted to see the entertainment. But my biggest question is, you know, the entertainment is fine. But what happens when you don't have the entertainment anymore? What happens when, when, you, when, when the entertainment is gone? What are you going to keep people with when the entertainment no longer works? What, what happens when you're going through a storm, when you're not the valley, you're, you're down in the valley, like I talked about in the last podcast, and, and the, the storms and the trials of life happen. A life challenge comes your way. You know, the, the entertainment, just it, it doesn't do the trick. It needs to be more solid. That's why it's so important that we be in the Word of God and standing on Ephesians chapter 6. So, Jesus leaves the synagogue and he goes home with Peter. And we know Peter was married because uh, Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever. Uh, and... and Jesus ends up healing uh, Peter's mother-in-law of this fever. And people are bringing those who have demons, they're bringing their sick friends, and they're bringing their sick relatives, hoping that Jesus would heal them, right? And, 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 and so we, if you think about Christians today, you know, people would would bring these people to Jesus because they've never seen anything like this before. And 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 so here is this man who is teaching with authority and and he, he he's talking about the kingdom of God and 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 the blessings of God and and he's casting out demons and and now he's healing people. And so what what Jesus is offering people is hope. 
And, and we are the hands and the feet of Jesus today. And so, you know, we may not be able to do the miracles that Jesus did, but we can offer what Jesus offered, and that is hope. We may not be able to cast out the demons, we, but we can give them the one who has defeated the prince of demons. We can give them Jesus. We can give them hope. We might not be able to lay our hands on somebody. I mean, we can pray for them and, and pray for God to heal them, and, and that's up to God. But when Jesus prayed for people and healed people, they were all healed, and they were immediately healed. We don't have that ability today. But we can pray for people who are sick to be healed, and God can heal them. But if they don't heal them and that sickness took their life, well, we can share with them the hope that we have in Jesus, and we can share with them salvation in Jesus. And if they die, they die in Jesus if they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And when they die, they get to go be with Jesus. So it's still a win-win situation. It's still hope. We can offer hope. Now let me show you something. Verse 42 through 44, Luke says, Early in the morning when Jesus went out to the isolated place, he went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched for him everywhere. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too because that is why I was sent. He said, in other words, I can't just stay in Capernaum. I got I to gotta move around. I got to, to go preach this good news to, to, to all the people in the area. And so he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. But listen to what Luke said. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. In other words, he removed himself from the crowds of people. He had to go and be alone with God. Now, we're talking about Jesus, God in the flesh. If Jesus needed time uh, to be alone and to rest, so do we. And in fact, when you read the Gospels, you read that Jesus did this quite often. He would send the disciples off somewhere, and he would go off somewhere alone to rest and to spend some time in prayer with the Father. And if you think about it, if we just give and we give and we give and we give, but we never receive, we will burn out. We will burn out. And you see this quite often. People burn out, and, and they just fall away. And it's dangerous. So it's very crucial that you spend some time alone with God. Uh, I really like that episode of The Chosen uh, that, that doesn't show Jesus at all until the very end. And he, he comes walking to the camp and his disciples, have, they've been sitting around talking. I believe they've been complaining about a lot of stuff. And when Jesus shows up at the very end of the episode... He just walks up to him and says hi, and he walks past him. But he he is literally just covered in dirt and grime, and I think there's some blood on him and stuff. You can tell he's he's just wore out, and he just tells the disciples that he's going to bed, that he's he's, he's going to sleep, he's getting some rest because he has been out there all day long. And so we don't really don't think about this, but he was out there all day long, meeting need after need after need after need after need, and so people are just I you know I need you, I need you, I need you. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this for me? And 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 Jesus is exhausted because he is human. And when he was walking the earth, he was human, just like we're human. And he's tired. 
but he kept meeting people's needs because of his compassion. And so there is a, a very good reason why Jesus says, enter your closet to pray, because you're away from the distractions. You're away from people who, who are, especially if you have kids, you know, they constantly have needs. Your spouse, they, they, they have something they need. If you have animals, they always have needs. They, they, they come around wanting food. They need to be uh, put outside to use the bathroom. They need to be let back in. There's just so many distractions. And there's so many people who are, you know, pulling at us, and our cocktail say, hey, I need this, I need that. And, and, and you just need to take a short time and spend some time with God. And here's, here's another thought that I have. Not only do you need to take time to pray and spend some time with God, but you need to take some naps. I've never been a nap person. Uh, up until, you know, They say you slow down when you're 40. Well, I said I was never going to slow down. But then I had three back surgeries when I was 40, and I slowed down a lot. Um, and I've never taken naps my whole life until I had those three back surgeries. I take a lot of naps. I look forward to naps. I absolutely love naps uh, it, because it's rest. And, and we need rest. You can go and you can go and you can go and you can go, but if you don't slow down and, and, and rest you will burn out it's just it's just the facts and so i want to close uh luke chapter 4 by reading psalm 63 1 through 5 when the psalmist writes oh god you are my god i earnestly search for you my soul thirsts for you my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water i have seen you in your sanctuary and i gazed upon your power and glory your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with the songs of joy. In other words, the psalmist is saying, I am focusing on you. i got all these people who have all these wants and needs, and they're pulling me in millions of different directions. I am finding time to focus on you and praising you and worshiping you and I'm spending time in prayer. It is my prayer today that you find some time for yourself, that you find some time to rest. And when you find some time to be, for you, uh, to be with yourself and, and you're finding time to rest, Take some time as well to focus on God and ask Him to fill you up, to refill your soul, to refill your cup, and to give you what I call a renewed vigor that you can keep on keeping on. Because if you just keep on keeping on and keeping on and don't rest and don't spend time with God, you will burn out. Get you some rest, my friend. God bless you. Keep grinding, and I will see you when we start Luke chapter 5. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.